So, Scotty, I feel like I've complained so much that uh, I should stop complaining and say something nice about Apple's APIs. John, yeah, complaining is a part of life. Just, 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 just accept it, live with it, embrace it, be the miserable bastard. <laughs> No, no, no. I want to be the ray of sunshine that arrives every John, be a ray of sunshine and shine into our lives. Bring 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 radiance and warmth and and smiles to our audience. Okay. Uh as much as I've I've been frustrated by by things like MP volume view or some of the vagaries of of uh, localizing strings with directional change markers, oddball Unicode thingies, I love me some core animation. Core animation is just a beautiful set of API. It just works as advertised. It does so many powerful things. It has a very simple way of doing rather complicated things, and I was reminded on Friday of just how much fun it is to work with it. Core animation is probably one of the coolest frameworks that Apple have ever done. Um, it's not quite so cool on the Mac, um, mm. ma mainly because it's been having to been sort of, you know, engineered into an older existing system. But th even that's better. Even on there, it's cool. You just have to do a little bit more. But definitely on iOS, um, yeah, core animation I is beautiful. Share, share some of your um, p uh, core animation orgasmic stuff with us. <laughs> well, you have to make sure there are no children listening. Um, so I've been working on on some animations that uh, there are a number of different animations going on at the same time, and none of them are particularly complicated, but it's the sequencing and timing that, that's very, very important. And uh, as is typical, I usually like to do it the wrong way first so that I can do it the right way afterwards. And... Uh, you know, the, the, the wrong way to do things, uh, as it turns out, is to do something silly like uh, setting the begin time of, an, of one animation um, that's animating the same thing. In other words, you know, saying, saying the opacity. So, you know, animating it in and then animating it out or animating it in and holding it in a particular state for a period of time and then animating it out. Um, I had forgotten about uh, keyframe animations. So I did something very stupid. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I probably shouldn't be saying this online. Uh, but I did it something where I just basically set the, the begin time of the next animation to after the duration of the first, which does work, but it becomes more complicated than it needs to be. And, and sometimes it just it doesn't work. And I'm, I'm kind of not surprised because I'm not really uh, doing things the right way. The right way, of course, is to say to, is to remember that you can, in fact, uh, chain together as many uh, uh, animation groups as you like. So if you need to do something where you're changing opacity or changing a, a scaling, uh, you know, or, or changing a position or changing a you know, transform to do a rotation, you can, you can use keyframe animations to do the animations that you need. So from zero seconds you know, to, to 75, you know, 0.75 or 750 milliseconds, you can have it animate in such and such a way. And then you can hold that value because it's implicitly held until you make the next change. And so it's very, it's very easy um, to make those things work. And then, of course, you can group as many of those animations you want together. Um, and then life becomes very easy. And, of course, you can do things that, uh, like setting a, uh, uh, a block, you know, when, when the animation is finished so that you can go on and do something else when, when you know that your animation is completed. And so uh, my original, you know, fairly many lines of code uh, were collapsed into a much smaller number of lines of code where all the different animations could be 
you know, you, you could have almost as much documentation as to, to what's going on. The original notes from the designer in line in the code so you can see this is what was desired and this is how we do it uh, in the animations. Um, so that future me or, or present someone else can have no problem figuring out what's going on. So it made me very happy. It was a good way to end the week. I remember when core animation was introduced. I think it was 10.5 for, was that Last Leopard, isn't it, for um, uh, macOS. And was core animation in iOS from the very beginning? I can't remember. I think it was, wasn't it? I kind of think it was. Yeah, but I remember when it came out, there were, um, you know, there were some materials around to learn it. So I think, you know, Bill Dudney did a book through Pragmatic Programmers. Uh, I think Marcus Zara and Matt Long did a book through, I think it was maybe Alison Wesley. Um, I remember when I was doing iDeveloper videos, we made a, an iDeveloper video course on core animation. Um, but I'm not sure what do people, I mean, uh, you know, I don't think core animation has changed it much. Maybe all that material is still reasonably relevant. Um, other, other than none of it will include Swift, um, you know. But what do people do to learn core animation now, or, or is it just like assume that it is so part of every day that you just know it? Because I mean, you know, I, 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 I've not really seen many blog posts on it or anything on it. Maybe I just don't notice them. Maybe there are millions and thousands. So what, do, what does a new person do to learn core, an core animation now, or, or am I just out of touch a little bit? Well, I think that there were actually are a number of good blog posts. In fact, our, our friends at Invasive Code, Invasive Code, Invasive Code, everybody still loves Invasive Code because they have written so many different blog posts on so many different topics, including core animation. Um, uh, and I, I find them very helpful. helpful. Um, and th I've seen things that are, are kind of little uh, snippets. I think that there are even some some code out there that, that tries to, to kind of package things all together um, and because it, it is a fairly common thing that it, if a normal UI view animation block and, and, and animated constraints doesn't quite do what you want it to do, then you have to drop down a, a layer and, and, and animate your, your views layers individually, and then you have to synchronize them. So I think part of the thing is that for most things that people want to do, just the stock UI view animate, you know, animation block works really well. Um, it's just when you start to try to, to do slightly more complicated things um, that, that you just then start animating layers. But in fact, it's I sometimes I find that it's easier to do animations directly on a layer than it is to try and figure out animating the constraints. And for certain things, you can't. There's, you, there's no way to you know, use a constraint to animate the rotation of something, right? And, and that's not all that uncommon to rotate a button, for example. Um, uh, the other kind of helpful trick I found is that uh, a common problem you have, this is specific to rotation, but I think it may apply in other things. If you want things to rotate smoothly, of course, it has to, you have to tell, you know, make sure that your, your anchor point is correct. Now, the default anchor point is 0 0.5, 0 0.5, which is the center of, of, of your layer, and that's all great, but uh, you have to make sure that, that your, the layer is itself, if it has an image on it or if it has, you know, a font, uh, any type of icon, um, that the anchor point visually matches the center point and that wasn't the case for something i was animating and because the rotation was taking place while a scale was taking place i i wasn't sure what the problem was um and so i got some good advice from a colleague that you know that if you're trying to figure out you know is, what part of the animations are not correct you just have to isolate them so you animate one thing at a time and you have a look so in the case of rotation um, if you just kind of, and another thing that you can do that's very helpful, instead of just animating one small segment of it, you can just 
have it auto repeat so you can really get a, a good idea of what's going on. And in this particular case, it became clear right away that the problem was is that the anchor point of 0.5.5 wasn't valid for this particular object that I was animating. And since I really couldn't go back and ask the designer to redraw the entire icon font library just for this, um, I just experimented a little bit to, to change the position so that I could got it, get it to, to you know, uh, rotate very smoothly and, and have a perfect orbit and not look like an, an egg being spun around a table. When I isolated that one problem, then the, the whole thing started to work together. Um, and uh, yeah, and it, what's, what's interesting about the whole process is that, you know, sometimes you look at something that's, that's, that a designer has created using, who knows, there, there's so many tools out there, um, and uh, they get it all to work perfectly. And you look at it and you say, wow, you know, it looks so perfect. And how am I going to make this work in code? And then you kind of figure out that you can do one part and then that starts to work and then you try and make something else work and that, you know, but, but it is, it is a bit of trial and error. And, uh, when you finally get to the clean code, you think, why couldn't I have written this, you know, the first time around, sometimes you just have to, to experiment a little bit, um, and then, and then clean it up, at least in my experience. Okay. So let me ask you a question here as well, that when, when core animation was first introduced and, you know, everybody started animating everything, and maybe there was a little bit of animation overkill now and again. Um, but, um, you know, really, yeah, again, maybe it's just because we're five, six, seven, eight years on, and I don't take any notice anymore. And for, for other people entering the community, this still is a discussion. You know, but, you know, where does animation fit in an application for you? I mean, yeah, yeah my, my opinion is if you, almost in some ways, if you, the way it should work is like this. You would notice if the animation was taken away because it would certainly make the app feel funny, but you should not notice the animation being there. Does it, does that make sense? That makes total sense, and I agree. You know, and uh, I think animation is very good when it, it it replicates something that you you come to expect in the real world. And I think one of the things that made animation work a lot better are, are you know, when they, they added the, the, the springiness, the dampening, the, the, the physics modeling that makes it, you know, behave a lot closer to what you see in the real world. Um, and I think that the other thing, too, is that a little bit can go a long way. And it has to be something that, that helps guide your eyes a little bit. And it actually, you know, if you add it with haptic feedback, I think it be, can be very, very good because it's, it's quite subtle, but... It, it makes it very clear, you know, wh what's happened. And, and I think it's particularly the case when you have something else competing with it. You know, you, you might be focused on one big thing and then you want to change how it's working, right? You know, fast forwarding or rewinding a video. Most of the time you're looking at video, but then when it comes time to, to changing the control, changing a transport of it, that's a case where uh, a little bit of animation can, can really help because it can make it very, very clear what's gonna be happening or what is happening. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, uh, the question is, why is it there? I mean, sometimes it's there just to look nice and that that's fine. But what is it doing? So, like, if, if something is sliding in, you know, obviously we want the something to slide in smoothly. But equally, you want the eye to be drawn to what's sliding in. Because I guess that's where the UI is now going to take the new focus. I mean, if, if you're sliding something in, doing the animation, and that's not where the focus of the UI is going to be, and then why are you even putting it there? I'd be the I guess is uh, is part of the point, right. yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah, I remember in the early days where um, everything was animated. It was like the it was like the early days of desktop publishing, where every memo had to have twelve different fonts in it because you could. 
Yeah, everybody goes over uh, uh, stuff. Um, you know, uh, uh, this is the point. When a new technology is introduced, everybody uses it. And, and the point is, everybody has, you know, part of the, the fun of the industry in, in what we're in is, is discovering how things get used. Um, but, you know, how does, you know, I, I'm asking these questions out loud almost to myself because I've not really thought about this. You know, we've been, we've both been around in the iOS world since it began. Um, we were both doing Mac development before iOS came along. Um, you for a lot longer than me. I'd only been in Mac development for about a year, 18 months when the iPhone came along. Um, and, and so we went through this beginning of iOS and, you know, working out how it all worked and having all the new stuff coming along. Um, you know, I'm not sure these days how someone new coming along, you know, understands the, all the decisions that we've come to over 10 years. Um, when I say we, I don't mean me and you because we <laughs> haven't defined anything, but it's the industry. Um, you know, what is right and wrong? And, and is it just now that everyone just accepts that Stack Overflow is doing the right thing? I can't believe that's the case. Um, or, you know, where are people picking up the right things? Or are they not picking up the right things just because we happen to know people who've been in the industry a long time, we think everyone's doing the right things and actually there's a whole bunch of apps out there not doing the right thing. What do you think? That's a good question. I think that, you know, it, it, the reality is if you if you search for anything, and Google will give you lots of results, of course, and invariably Stack Overflow questions uh, will will be the first in results. And it, it, I mean, this is a discussion we've had in, in times past, but I don't think anything has really changed. I think that that because it's there, people will say, will either copy and paste the code directly, or they will then say, well, this gives me some idea and it gives me a direction. If nothing else, it gives me the, the negative examples. So um, if you're lucky, hopefully they will have links to, to blog posts that, that will discuss it a little bit more or you know, at least kind of help you, help you figure out something in a way that the traditional documentation doesn't because you know, it's, a, it's, it's a very specific implementation. I mean, if you search, you know, how do I do a rotation? it's pretty easy if you see a little snippet of code that will say, oh, okay, that's how to do it. Now, you know, if you just copy and paste it and you don't spend the time to understand it, you're headed for a world of hurt. If it, if it clears you up, you know, and says, ah, yes, right. If, and if it's kind of like a, a, a whatever, a, a, a shortcut or just a, a memory um, jog, right? Because you haven't done it in a while, then I think that's perfectly fine. Otherwise you, better kind of hope that the that that in the same way that you exercise control and looking at something and saying is this a fake news article or not it's kind of like is this a, uh, a, a I don't want to code the you know uh, uh, coin the new term fake code but uh, maybe there is such a thing you know something that that kind of works and you just copy and paste it and it may seem that work but you're 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 putting a, a, a landmine in your code yeah, I mean, I guess it's like all parts of any industry. There's good and there's bad. I mean, there's those, um, you know, there's great tweets I love to, I, I'm not sure who does them actually. Um, maybe it's multiple people who love the sort of false O'Reilly book covers, you know, the ones with the animals on. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And one of my favorites is, you know, um, cut and paste development with Stack Overflow. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, Joe, we, I, I had a nice tweet uh, a few days ago. Um, from a guy called Andrew Halls, um, who said, Love I Developer Podcast, can explain, since I am a remote worker, gives me a feeling of conversation in the office coffee room, which I thought was really oh, nice. That is very um, nice. And, you know, I'm, and I am a remote worker, 
uh, mainly. Um, in, in, in the current gig I'm doing, I, am, uh, I work from my own home office for three weeks a month and I work on the client site um, for a, a week a month. Um, I'm currently in sunny California. Nice to see the sun here, John. It's been raining for month, months here. and Makes you feel like you actually are in California, doesn't it? Yeah, I went out for a walk this afternoon, and, and, and it was like, wow, this is, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon, and it's it's beautifully sunny and warm, and I'm in t-shirt and shorts, and yeah, this is this is how California is supposed to be, <laughs> but there we are, um, you know, because it's, it's not been like that for months. I can't remember when the last time I saw the sun here was on a trip. Um, anyway, that was a total sidetrack. Um, so I'm in California, at a client, my client for about a week a month, and I work from home for... Um, uh, 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 three weeks, three and a half weeks a month, whatever it might be. Um, and there are pros and cons to both. So uh, uh, just just listen to this tweet made, or reading this tweet, made me, you know, re- really sort of consider. I, I, I enjoy being on client sites a lot because, you know, to be perfectly honest, that's how my relationship with the rest of the team um, becomes good. I hope, I think I have a good relationship with the rest of the team. I hope the team think they have a good relationship with me. And it really is through just sitting in that same room for a week a month, having those off-the-cuff conversations, asking people what they did last night in a more, more casual way than you can just when you're on the uh, the daily stand-up over um, FaceTime or whatever it might be. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, and I th- and I do enjoy the office experience. I enjoy the stopping for lunch and going for lunch with work colleagues. Uh, I enjoy all that side of it and, and the banter and it's and it's very pleasurable. However, I would say when it comes to w- what I'm doing, I am probably only working at about Seventy-five percent of the level of productivity when I'm in the office, maybe even less sometimes than I am when I'm working in my home office uh, without anybody else there. Um, now, you, you, you have, uh, you know, you've worked in an office with colleagues for uh, the last four or five years now, maybe. Um, I can't remember how long it's been. So, you know, I'm just interested to know as someone who I know has spent a long time in his career you know, working from home in your own place, just doing stuff, and, and now having spent a more solid time than me working in an office, because, you know, it's a week a month is still a bit of a novelty for me. You know, yeah, what is your, uh, you know, what, how, how, you know, what is good about the office for you and what is bad about the office for you? Uh, well, I, uh, <laughs> I was going to say a good thing about the office is that your dog doesn't come and start scratching around, but in fact, if to the, those listening at home, they can probably hear my dog who's uh, scraping around um, and making noise. And I was going to say that doesn't happen at the op- uh, <laughs> that doesn't happen at the office, but in fact, people do bring their their dogs to work, so that can happen as well. Um, and here's me thinking your wife put you in chains again. Exactly. Uh, no, I think that that it you know if you have great colleagues, then you can short circuit a lot of pain. If if you can go ask somebody. And so when I was working on this animation stuff, there's a, a fellow who has done a lot more animation a lot more recently than I have. Um, it, it's actually, it's, it, it's been a while for me since I dropped down and did uh, core animation stuff, dropping down to the, the CA animation, you know, and, and CA layer level. Um, 
Uh, and so, you know, in the same way that I can answer questions without batting an eye, if it involves things that I'm working on all the time, uh, he can too, she can too. So it, it's, if you're lucky and you have great colleagues, and I'm definitely lucky that I have great colleagues, it, it, it can save you so much time. And the other thing too is if, if nothing else, you know, if it's something that nobody knows the answer to or, or rather, you know, it's a new thing or you're trying to solve a bug, there's, there's great value in just being able to commiserate and just be able to say, man, this is driving me nuts. You know, even just to have somebody read over your, your, your code and say, what have I missed? What am I not seeing? Because I've been in it so long. So that aspect, I think, is, is one of the reasons why you can achieve uh, great productivity uh, but it it's also it it can also be the case that you know because you like your colleagues and you want to have banter and and you're horsing around a little bit uh, that can that can um, put things off and so you have to be very careful to learn how to read people and know when they're deep in the zone. I think the simplest way that that we do it, I think most people do, is that if somebody has their headphones on and and in my case if they're bopping up and down with their head because they're they're concentrating, then if somebody interrupts me there, it better be to to tell me that the, the building is on fire and we have to evacuate. And, and usually what I'll tell them is like, well, just spray some, some fire retardant foam around me and, and, and tweet, <laughs> tweet at me in, in 10 minutes if I'm not out. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a mixed thing, I think. I, I do remember what it was like, you know, working in a, in a, in a cafe. And it could be lonely, but it also allowed me to just have super, super focus. I think it also depends on where you are in your career because I think that you know, my feeling now is that I, I've been doing this enough and worked on enough different types of projects. I've seen some of the same patterns over and over again, some of which have to do with general aspects of development, some of which have to do with just, you know, the, 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 the peculiarities of, 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 of APIs that, that we work with every day. But, but it's, it's it, it, I think that, that I, I'm able to work in shorter, more effective bursts now, whereas when I was just starting out, in general, or starting out learning an API, it would really take long, long stretches to, to really feel like I'd learned something. And now it's more like application of things I know, right? Yeah, I mean, I think if I was if I was a new developer, a junior developer, um, uh, yeah, because when I started contracting, I, I became a freelancer in 1993, I think it was. You know, and, and, and the internet wasn't even available there. And you know, so anytime you took a contract, you're always working on site. And I learned absolutely loads from just working with other people all the time. I mean, it's how I became a far better developer. Um, how I learned to make better decisions is just by being around people. So I think if you are a um, if you are a new developer or a younger developer, I mean, I mean, not necessarily in age, but younger in your career, then you you want to be in an office environment with other develop developers because it is it is just it's just learning central even though you may not be quite as productive basically you're a junior developer you're not going to be as productive because you don't know everything um but even right now i can be sat in the office and every time i come to make a decision i verbalize it and then that might turn into a 20-minute discussion in the office and sometimes that's a profitable 20-minute discussion sometimes that's a um unprofitable 20-minute discussion um but we, we make good calls whereas if i was at home in my home office I would spend five minutes working through the options myself and make a decision and then just do it, um, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Uh, fortunately, because I've been doing this job for a long time, 
Uh, it works more often than it doesn't. But again, there's been periods in my life where it would have been the other way around. So I think it, it, it does depend. And I think um, you know, ha- having the mix is, is really good. But um, uh, I, I'm... Yeah, I, I'm a little bit torn um, on stuff. I mean, you know, I really don't like. You've just said, "Well, if I've got my headphones on, don't don't distract me." Um, I find open plan offices, which most modern offices are, I find them a terrible working environment because I'm I'm pretty ADHD. Um, any conversation around me, anyone who looks interested in something, anybody giggling at a joke, and I'm very very easily distracted. So I I hate open plan offices in a way. Um, you know, in my current client, we, you know, there are, you know, small offices. They're not individual offices. Uh, some people have their individual office, but, you know, so a couple of people from a team will be in an office. So it is far more enclosed and, and that I can live with. That's a lot, you know, that's a lot better, um, in there. But, uh, I, I, I do find the clients I've worked out where I've been in an open plan office, I find it's just, um, a terrible experience as far as productivity is concerned maybe great fun but terrible as far as productivity um so so is is the whole headphone thing and whatever an etiquette or are you just working with maybe um more mature people or is there something about the open plan where you work because i think you work in an open plan office if i remember rightly um uh, that, that just makes that work for you um well, I mean, for for one thing, if if somebody wants to have a, a a room all to themselves, that's very easy for them to find, and and you you find people doing that all the time, um, and I I think people get used to, to to you know the environments that they have, and I think that that in general the the benefits of 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 open I think there are you know this is a whole separate discussion. I think there there are plenty of benefits to to open plan uh, space. I think I. Don't think you could make it work if you were all juniors, though. And I think that I will will say this about Netflix: is that it's pretty well understood and pretty well known that, that as a culture they they hire fully formed adults, right? So I think that uh, it it really does depend on, on the people and the environment. Maybe maybe the group as well. You know, I think there are different groups that that I see. You know, people who are working on on television UI. You know, that stuff and where they're. they're <laughs> I look at, at their space and they're surrounded by screens and devices and, and it, it, it becomes like this little miniature fort that they go into and so you can't see them. Um, and there are other people who you know you can see plainly and, and it's, it's a very natural human thing that, that you see somebody, you kind of want to acknowledge them and say hello if, 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 if you have that, you know, if, if you know them and so on and so forth. But, but on the other hand, you just don't know whether, whether they're not trying to concentrate. So it's it's something that really does uh, test your whatever your ability to to read a situation. We've both used a, a phrase um, junior developer and senior developer in this conversation, um, and and hopefully we've not used it in any way of superiority, just um, uh, over you know more about experience. Maybe we should use the term experienced and less experienced. However. Um, I, just as we're having this conversation, even that's becoming a, a thing for me that is a almost an inappropriate um, a terminology, and I'm, I'm not, and I'm not sure what the terminology we should use is because, um, for example, on uh, you know on the projects I'm working on at the moment, there is um, you know uh, a developer who is um, almost half my age, 
not quite, but you know, it's 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 that sort of way. Um, uh, and so, if you're talking about broad experience, my experience is far, far, far broader. Um, you know, you call me a senior developer because I've been doing this for 28 years or whatever it is. Um, but there are, you know, the world that we live in now. You know, that whether you're dealing with Mac or iOS or any platform, you know, the these fr the frameworks are so huge um, that uh, you know, for example, she has spent you know the last two years. Really, really working in yeah, which to someone who's been doing it for twenty eight years doesn't feel like very long. Working in one particular framework, and and her knowledge of that framework would would put my my knowledge of that framework to to total shame. Um, so I'm not saying that because you know yeah, so you know I have got thirty years of experience. You know, it means I can sort of learn from my mistakes over that time. I have a broader maybe developer picture. But yeah, you know, equally there are people who've been doing this, you know, for one year, six months maybe even, who've who've spent time in yeah, you know, we've talked about core animation. There are people who've maybe have spent one year of their career in core animation and, and will know it better than me and you who've been developing for donkey's years. And so this whole thing yeah. of junior and senior, it's almost like it feels a bit irrelevant now. It's like uh, where is where is your level of expertise? Um and you know, so when it when it comes to the particular frameworks uh, that, that my colleague has been working in, you know, I would defer to her all the time, even even though if you might say I'm a senior and she's a, you know she's definitely not junior, but you know what I mean, experience wise. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is, when it comes to that framework, I am going to go with her call nine times out of ten, because she has the knowledge in there. Because she has spent you know in, in her in her shorter career, she has spent far more time in that framework than I have, um, and in other areas, maybe on more general things, she would defer. Uh, to me, so this whole this whole concept, I think, of you know, junior and senior is is almost a little bit irrelevant as well. It's it's more like um, just learn who knows what and and uh, respect them for their knowledge, regardless of their age, length of service, whatever else. Um, and accept there are going to be people who are you know who've been doing this job six months who might know more than you if for the first six months of their job they were working in a framework you've never worked in before. <laughs> Well, I'd say the definition of a senior versus a junior is somebody who recognizes that. <laughs> and so it's as much a, a, a mindset as anything else. I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think that, that the, the things that you get with, with experience in shipping lots of different products and, and shipping serious products and revising them and, and taking the hits and learning from mistakes and recognizing mistakes and going through heartbreak, uh, which you will, um, that's that's what gives you the the softer skills, which are are y you can't learn them by reading a blog. You only do it by experiencing it. It has much more to do with with human relationships than it does with with languages and frameworks. I think that's really the only thing you can you can you know uh, honestly say separates you know separates a kind of senior in quote from junior. It's it's just a matter of, of life and uh, life and code life experience. I think you've you've summed it up there is uh, really well, John. That you know, regardless of whether you work in an office or you work from home, um, in many ways, it's the relationship in the team that's going to determine often the success of the software and the quality of the software. Um, and and so maybe in some ways, if you're in an office, it's easier to have those relationships, but maybe easier to not value them as well. Um, you know, I, I totally value my week in the office because I appreciate that I don't have these relationships. Yeah, you know, we have a we have a stand up every day. We speak online every day. 
um you know but it, it's it relationship is you know, relationship is how you learn how to get from other people and give to other people uh, in an appropriate way um and, and it's the key to everything um and i think you know it's sad that developers are known for not being social people because i think if you can learn good social skills within your team you will be a better developer for it and you will make other people better developers for you being that way totally well i've just uh, i've just seen the clock wow that that uh, oh, 30 minutes is uh, gone really fast um either that means we've just been uh, waffling really badly or we've just been having fun one or the other fun with waffles that can be the title of this week's episode, Fun with Waffles. <laughs> there we are. Okay. So, John, if people want to um, send you lovely, nice tweets, telling, uh, you, telling you what an amazing person you are, where can they do it? Well, they can find me on Twitter as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And in fact, I have to give a shout out. Thank you to uh, to uh, uh, Mark Palmer, who, who uh, said, I feel you on MP Volume View. But then he went out to point out something which is totally true. It's like... It, it can be tricky to work with, but you get this functionality for free that, and he was pointing some things out. So, you know, if, if you do things the way that you're supposed to do them, uh, good things can in fact happen. And Scotty, if people want to say mean things to you, because that's all people should ever say, because uh, I'm just returning the volley that you said, where you said I was a terrible person. So if people want to tell you that you're a terrible person, how can they do that on the internet? Well, people could, people always tell me I'm a terrible person, but they can do it uh, uh on the internet is uh, MacDevNet on Twitter. Of course, they can tell us we're both terrible people by sending um, an email to feedback at iDeveloper.co, which we, we will both get in there. Well, that's it. I'm good, glad you did a shout out to Mark Palmer. Very nice guy. Lives not very far from me. We um, we hang out now and again. Um, so that's cool. That's cool. Right, John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it's been nice to be on the same time zone as you, although we're still uh, recording it you know, well, it's not that an unsociable hour, actually. It's, it's pop more sociable than it normally is for both of us. Um, but it's uh, been cool to hang out, and uh, I look forward to... Um, I'm in Germany next week, so I'm not sure if we'll get to record. We'll, we'll try our best, but um, I'm going to a UI Conf in Berlin. Um, going to my first conference in a long, long time where I have just paid to be an attendee. So um, I'm uh, interested to... I'm interested about myself to work out what that feels like because normally I'm there as a speaker or obviously in the past as an organizer which is a different feeling so um, I'm going to a conference as an attendee so um, I look forward to reporting back to um, how cool or how bad or how whatever that was so there we are anyway thanks very much everyone for listening and um, until next time you take care Thank you.